Today for me, my work is everything. I love what I do. And I know if you want to be working, you know, in an environment, great environment with great chefs, you got to be 100% there. So it's not a time that you, you just give half. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Many people with careers in food travel the world, often for experience, but some to uproot their entire lives and immerse themselves in an entirely different culture. What's it like leaving the rich tapestry of the food culture you grew up with for a new career and life on the other side of the planet? Alini De Freitas is a chef in Sydney. Alini, how are you? Hey, how are you? How it's you great doing? to get you on the on the show. How are things at the moment? You're based in Sydney. Yes, thank you so much for having me today. It's awesome to be here as well. Yeah, I'm currently living in Sydney. Um, yeah, I think from the seven years in Australia, I've been in Sydney so far. You've you made the move um, from Brazil to Australia to sort of immerse yourself in a world in food. Why, why did you choose Australia? Um, you know, Australia was always a dream for me to to be you know living here, and then by the time I was in Brazil, you know, thinking to try new things. Um, yeah, I make the move. I found myself through the food. Food is always something that I enjoy to do, but I never told it should be something professional the way I found myself here. Yeah, and here I am. We, we, you always wanted to come to Australia. Were you surprised by um, Australia and the culinary landscape when you did arrive? Oh, yeah. I think it's something that I found in Australia, basically, um, same in Brazil, you know, the weather, the beats, the way you live in life here. And then also the possibility to, you know, meeting chefs around the world, getting to know about food in a different way than Brazil was something that I found like very interesting from the beginning. And uh, yeah, so I'm keeping here, you know, living their life, build a new career. And uh, yeah, I'm completely in love about it. <laughs> I want to explore sort of what you have done in the food world in Australia shortly, but I'm fascinated to know about Brazil and and growing up. Take us back to when you were young. Where did you grow up? Um, I'm from Minas Gerais. Um, they usually say it's the hometown of food in Brazil. So basically the famous dishes that people know about, like feijoada, pão de queijo, uh, doce de leite came from Minas Gerais, where I came from. So yeah, I grew up there, and then I spent my life studying a little bit, but not about uh, food at all. <laughs> and then yeah, Minas Gerais is basically a place if you want to get to know Brazil, if you want to know about the culture, it's a place that you definitely need to check it out. You know. Well, take us back there when you were young. Um, you mentioned a couple of dishes from the region. Can you tell us a bit about them and maybe some of the food that you ate growing up in your family? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I grew up with my grandmother every Sunday, make a beautiful, you know, lunch. Um, we felt the family together around the table. And actually, 
that what I, I found myself, you know, because she's a great cooker. She's not here anymore. But I remember science young, she always saying to me, oh, you should to, to work as a chef. You should go work in the kitchen. And I remember I, I never told to be a chef at all. <laughs> now it's a bit interesting when uh, I, re I realize how my life, it's, you know, it's going through inside the foods. And then I grow like doing breads, feijoada, you know, chicken with uh, okra. Uh, it's something like, we usually say Minas Gerais is comfort food in Brazil. You know, it's like homemade type of food, but very delicious, which we mix with a lot of spices and chilies and fermented chilies. So it's something very um, rustic, I would say that, because it's like, um, it's, kind, it's kind of... Uh, culturing for you know produce it's it's pretty cool though the people in australia would be familiar with brazilian barbecue but perhaps not so much sort of the other cuisine of brazil how do you how do you describe brazil's cuisine to people um i think brazil there is a lot of culture between cities you know every city you can find in brazil you can have like a dish that probably talking about them like um for example if you go minas gerais as i say feijoada um pão de queijo but if you go a little bit north on brazil like bahia you're gonna found moqueca acarajé so every every region in brazil there is a history behind and uh, that's what I actually passionate about, you know, and also the way they have a different types of production in the different um, regions as well. So, yeah, that's what is passionate about, like different fruits, um, you know, tasties. And um, yeah, it's something I can't actually describe Brazilian dish. But definitely, I would say, you know, that is a lot of things in a different regions, depending where you're growing for. You didn't start um, off in food with your career. You, you um, had a sports and science background um, and, and a handball athlete as well. Tell us a little bit about that period of your life and, and where you were going. Yes, it was a great life um, when I was playing handball. It's something that I always found myself happy, the same way that actually I found today at the kitchen. Um, yeah, I grew up and I uh, decided to work with athletes for high performance because I've always been, you know, a sport lover. And then I went at uni, I studied, I spent actually eight years of my life doing that, like in basically uni things, but as an athlete, at least 18 years. So science younger was passionate about it. And then I came to Australia to probably learn English, to, you know, try found myself, have a time for me. And then I completely found love. And uh, I remember it was pretty hard because in the beginning I couldn't speak English at all. So when actually I found kitchen as a possibility to, you know, not just make money, but also work, also learn how to speak. I'm still still getting there. It's not perfect yet, but yeah. <laughs> Did you view food a little differently when you were an athlete and doing sports science? Was your perceptions of food a little bit different to now working in commercial kitchens? Oh, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, when you become professional, you, you get deeply on what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, not just cooking and mix things, but why are you cooking? Why you put that? Why this become this? You know, we start to, to learn, like, behind a simple dish, that is a lot of work. 
So that's what I, I found passionate about, you know, working in a professional kitchen and work with great chefs as well. Um, you know, you learn and then you can still put in something that probably, you know, represents yourself, which is always there. It's, it's going to be always on you. doesn't matter the place that you work with. But, yeah, the, the professional kitchen bring you, you know, perspective, bring you knowledge about it, bring you the possibility to maybe put through what you're thinking about it in a dish, in a classic way. That's what I actually I feel Australia is a bit different than Brazil, you know. So the fine dining, the, the way they, they just played up so beautiful and uh, elegant in a dish is something that I, I always die for. You mentioned that you came to Australia to explore it and also to learn English. But when, when did you um, sort of first move into hospitality as a career? Was well, actually from the first day, though. Like, <laughs> I didn't have much option, to be very honest. Like, I remember when I came and first day from the plan, I look at town and I say, yeah, that's my home now. I want to make it happen. I want to, you know, get all the opportunities that I can. I want to explore. I want to get in deep on it. And then probably after four, four weeks in Australia, I found a job in the kitchen, um, which I work as a dishwasher. Uh, but I couldn't speak at all. But I mean, I was like kind of person, team player, proactivity, like doing things, see what's going on, you know, have the sense to, to do that. Or if I couldn't do that, I'm going to help or not. And then I remember the head chef likes me. And then he say, okay, so I'm going to teach you a few things and going to work by my side from tomorrow. And then was the time that I actually, you know, um, get a new opportunities to be very fair. It was like, I have a couple of great people who's always helped me, which I didn't told that I would find on the way, but yeah, it's a lot of hard work for sure. In those early years, what were the really sort of important venues uh, and people that you worked with? Um, I would just say firstly was Simone Log, and she's a, um, a beautiful chef, you know, and also a great person as well. She was the first one to open an opportunity for me as a chef, like as a professional, really professional environment. When she has a cafe in Double Bay, I was there, uh, the only chef in the kitchen running the place, you know. And then um, I jump on uh, opportunity on Bar Milano. Oh, sorry, before Bar Milano was Don Pedro's in Paddington. Um, they have like a little cozy Mexican place, um, which I did the opening as well. By, by the time I didn't have skills, let's say much experience or professional skills to, to hold like, oh, okay, I'm going to be the head chef, but I don't, I got the job, I make it happen. So the place is still there until they have the COVID first lockdown and I got sick and I, I need to leave the job. And was the time that I was um, looking for job. And then I found Joe Bickenford from Shell House. And uh, he was the time he was a head chef at Aryan. So he didn't have a spot like for me at the time. And then he introduced me Patrick, where I started working at Bar Milano for at least two years. And then, yeah, from the first day at Bar Milano, we did the opening together. So it was a lot of learning, a lot of great insights, you know, work with a really professional people like Patrick and Georgette. So which probably was a life change, you know, like learning how 
how to work with the best, like learning how to improve your life, not just as a chef, but also as a great person, which I feel like is hard nowadays. I, I want to talk more about Bar Milano in a second, but let's just go back to Simone Logue for a second. Her influence is amazing on the culinary landscape in Australia. Do you have any stories of, of moments in time or what it's like to work with her? Yeah, I love it. It was just like, I, I remember saying to her, was like uh, the best job that I had in Australia and she's laughing a lot. She always say, oh, my girl, you know, we keep in touch with our friends now. We always connected even um, before um, they closed down. So even before she decides to close down and she always like, um, you know, being friendly and amazing. And I remember the times that she come over basically every day. She's very hands-on. You know, we have a lot of shots, a lot of, a lot of uh, coffee together. And, um, you know, yeah, it was a beautiful time in the kitchen sharing, like, the way her cooks, you know, it's just beautiful. It's just, like, simple. It's just, like, everything fresh, you know, get it, get to know a bit more how she thinks about food. It's a bit different, the fine dining style, which I also find love. It's basically what I found myself back in Brazil, you know what I mean? Where I grow up, the way she probably, you know, put her love through the food, through the food is exactly the way that I actually learned. So from my grandma, she, yeah, she's a beautiful person. What was it like uh, cooking Mexican cuisine? It's so different to to Brazilian, but um, take us through that experience. What was that like? Yeah, it was very challenging from the beginning because, as I told you, I might wasn't you know hundred percent ready for the uh, opportunity. But as I say from the beginning, I every opportunity that I got in life, I just try make happen, give my best. So yeah, it was great. Um, I. I start like with a little bit Latin influence, not just like 100% Mexican. So we found empanadas as well. Uh, some, you know, Brazilian way to cook is low cook things. Like I bring a little bit of the mix, you know, Brazil, Mexican, and then a bit of Australia as well. But it was basically um, a street uh, Mexican style of food. So... Yeah, the menu is still there. It's, it's basically from the time that I was there. So see the place growing from the for, first day until now. And they have probably um, in Byron Bay, if I'm not wrong. They have also in Bondi Beach as well. So now it's, it's Street Don Pedro. See how things was from the first day and how the things still, you know, growing. It's something that I feel proud of. It was a good time. We've had Patrick from Bar Milano on uh, Deep in the Weeds before. and. What was it like for you um, immersing yourself in Italian and and the amazing Italian offering there that they he and Georgette have at uh, Bar Milano? Was that a big change for you? Yes, was because I get to know about the real Italian food. You know, something um, with identity. So they they make gorgeous things in Bar Milano, and uh, get to know about Italian food with someone that, you know, it's a very respected professional in Australia, and bring it, like, from Italy to Marubra. So, yeah, it was, was great time also um, learn how to how to bring Italian food in a proper way, you know, how simple could be best, how, you know, things like well-executed could be, you know, interesting as well. It's not just about um, 
where, as I say, where you work, but who people that you work with to bring this inside on you. So I was very passionate, you know, to learn um, homemade pastas, how exactly the things could be like if, if I was in Italy, for example. Yeah, that's what I, love, I like about that place, you know, the, the identity in the food. It's, it's just beautiful. Joel Bickford has um, had an amazing impact with, with so many different uh, venues. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, he's with the Showhouse Group now. Um, you've formed a, an amazing relationship with him over, over quite a few years. Um, what's, what's he like to work with? Yeah, um, I, I, I remember by the time that I know about Joel, it was interesting, it was from Instagram probably five years ago, you know. And I remember it was like very whole professional like with no much experience and I get it told with him say hey I'm Aline I want a job <laughs> was pretty much like that to be very fair and then I remember he was like very sweet and replying back and you know he was at Aria as a head chef at the time and then from that time we getting told we connected by Instagram we always there see what's going on what's next and then I was very happy when I have the opportunity to to know him at Barmland firstly and then working actually from the first time there I knew um, Joe Beacon Food had a beautiful you know identity as a food actually that's why I'm passionate about it how he's so creativity how he cares about like quality how things has to be you know beautiful perfect but simple and it's not many chefs could be you know doing that so yeah from the bar milano i i spent probably two years at bar milano and i remember when the opportunity to work with him at shell house coming up and i was like wow you know it's it's let's say it's i wasn't four years ago thinking about to to see myself working by his side share the kitchen with him you know be looking at the lineup and see joe beacon food aaron watt and see like where I am now. It's something that I was like always dreamed to be. And as I say, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of things to learn. It's still, you know, it's still like pushing all the time. But the good things is like, um, you know, we still getting these people like as a mentor, which I'm proud of to have Joe, to have Patrick, to have, you know, Georgette to always support me, whatever I go. And, you know, it's something that I'm always proud to to Mason. Shell House is an extraordinary venue that's popped up in the last couple of years with a lot of staff and a lot of offerings. It's pretty incredible. Um, take us into that kitchen. What, what was it like for you? Do you have any stories of that time? Yeah, um, that is a place, yes, that always something is going on, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of events, a lot of functions. It's not just the dining room, you know. It's a big uh, operational kitchen. Yeah, I have great histories about it. Like, I meet a lot of friends, work with Aaron. Again, it was uh, something that I always planned to work inside the time he was at Six Penny and uh, work with Rose as well. So get to know about so many great chefs with a lot of skills. Maybe I wasn't at the same level by that time, but you know, be able to push, push hard and then, you know, be on the level and share the kitchen with these legends was something absolutely that I'm going to, you know, bring in for whole my life. And uh, yeah, the day by day, you know, the knowledge, man, the jokes, the, 
yes, something that you know is kind of place that you work a lot, you know, but you also have a fun, you know what I mean? I can't tell like one specific thing, but it's a lot of things that make me my my head feel of joy when I'm thinking about it. So, in to. 2021, you were part of a, a big project by the Embassy of Brazil in Sydney um, called Brazilian Chefs in Australia. Tell us a little bit about that project and what you created as part of it. Yeah, so the idea of the project, it's like bring um, another perspective of Brazilian uh, Brazilian culture in Australia, as no many people know about Brazilian food here. And um, yeah, it's something that I always invited from the Consul of Brazil. I think they pick a best of chefs by the time or people that was, you know, working um, in an Australia environment um, as a professional chef too. And the idea is like you create a dish that couldn't represent yourself but at the meantime, has a uh, Brazilian uh, history behind on it. Um, yeah, so I was surprised when I got invited. As I say, I never, I never planned to do things to, you know, to be there. But it's just so surprising for me when people getting told to to want to know, hey, what about your history? And you know, can you tell that like through the food? And I feel like something very special because it was the first time that I couldn't, you know, put my idea about something in a dish and then you know have the responsibility to also bring a little bit of brazilian culture on it tell us about uh, the dish oh yeah i did um salmon tartar alamina gerais i put the name which i uh, remember my hometown where i came from so basically we have in brazil basically where I came from, um, um, a history behind um, cheese and guava. Guava is a fruit specific that we found in Brazil. So, um, and then uh, when I grew up eating guava and cheese together, like as a dessert after a lunch with family. So it's something that my grandma usually do guava guava sweet with cheese or homemade cheese, which is a kind of cheese that we f don't find here as well. It's like a, a same style of farmer cheese, you know. So the history behind it is like, they say the combination of cheese and guava, it's like a Romeo and Juliet, the history about it. Because they told it's the perfect combination when, when you eat together, you, you feel, you know, the the sweet, but at the main times cut off with the taste of the cheese. It's something beautiful in the history that I grow up with. So the idea was represented on this dish in the way I played up. So basically I did a, a salmon tartare, so and a, a guava paste with uh, cheese, which I represent with mascarpone, um, lemon zest, um, a bit of talegion and parmesan cheese. And then I make like a mix, not to be like too cheesy, the way the cheese is strong in Australia, because you can have like different types of cheese, you know, in the world here. So the idea was that, and then I, mi I mix the cheese, the guava paste, and a salmon tartare with a parmesan cracker. Yeah, that was the idea behind. And I like to do something that people would not imagine with, like, oh, cheese doesn't go with fish. Yeah, but in that case, it was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe I got a look on it. <laughs> well, your, your influence has also landed you on um, Adam Lior's The Cook-Up on SBS as well, a couple of times where you got to share some of your Brazilian culture there as well. What, what was that experience like and what did you cook? 
Yeah, it was beautiful experiencing too. So uh, for that show, I remember I bring from the first day, which was cooking for celebration. We talk a little bit about Brazilian culture, the way, culture, the way we celebrate about food as well. Uh, and then I did um, Bahamand fish with tukupi sauce. I use tukupi sauce is basically a sauce produced from cassava. Cassava is the ingredient in Brazil that I would say, if you say pick one ingredient that in your mind represents Brazil, I would say cassava because, you know, all the history is behind from the Aboriginal people in Brazil. So basically the, the, the sauce that I use is made from fermented cassava um, cassava uh, you basically grate that and then you let the liquid that came out you leave it to ferment like a couple of days and then you mix with some spices and yeah so it's that tukupi which i i did in the the tv show and the idea was mixed with uh, bahamand why bahamand because it was one of the fishes that aboriginal people in australia eat a lot so and i remember by the time i would be doing the tv with um Mitch Tomba, which is a Aboriginal, you know, Australia um, singer. And then I was trying to mix something together. That's why the idea came from. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was cool. It was a good time. <laughs> As I said, I'm, I'm still learning, you know, there's a lot of things going on all the time. I just try, enjoy and have a fun. And at the meantime, learn what either situation, you know, going to bring to me. You, you came to Australia to sort of learn English and explore a way of life here. Um, but how do, how do you feel about Brazil and also the ties with food? Do you feel an obligation to share the food of Brazil within your career? Um, not really. To be very fair, it's something that I always um, wasn't planning to show Brazilian food. You know, I, I actually always try do not Brazilian food. That's why I remember that I was happy they picked me to do the Brazilian chefs in Australia because I wasn't doing Brazilian food at all in Sydney by the time. I always open to learn new things because, you know, okay, in Brazil, I, I wasn't a professional chef, but I, I have the, the hoots inside myself, you know. So it's something that I want to, yes, one day explore for sure. But by the time I'm here, I feel it's a lot of more things to learn. And then when maybe I have opportunity to have my own place, why not? Maybe I can, you know, mix together or use something when I have opportunity, like the way I did the the Brazilian chefs in Australia in the dish, the way I did that cook up as well with Aidan Liao. So, yeah, it's not something that I feel like I have to, but sometimes, you know, yeah. You've had some extraordinary experiences with some, some of Sydney's best restaurants and um, you're kind of a free agent at the moment. What, what do you feel like, where do you feel like you're headed? What do you want to get into sort of in the next year or so? Um, I'm still thinking about it. It's interesting because you need to think um, what what's next, but at the meantime, what's inside to you even, you know, I, to be very fair, I'm not sure. I want to keep doing a fine dining style for sure. It's something that I love to do it. Um, but at the meantime, something that I can feel myself growing and to work with people that I admire, like Joe, like Aaron, like Patrick. So, yeah, I'm still thinking about it. And the next steps is something, you know, on on my mind yet, but 
yeah, I have on the side and things still free to to think it. Yeah. Has this moved to Australia and sort of dive into the hospitality sector? Has it changed you a lot? Yeah, I think so. I think the way, you know, I think about not just food, but the way I think about life, yes, because you become like 100% your work, you know. Today for me, my work is everything. I love what I do. And I know if you want to be working, you know, in environments, great environments with great chefs, you got to be 100% there. So it's not a time that you... You just give half, you know what I mean? And hospitality changed my life in so many ways, for sure, because bring me the perspective to to do what I like. But it depends what you want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like kitchen, it's my life now. And if I want to keep in work as a chef, I want to be work with the best. And I know the price of that. So maybe I'm not 100% available social, but I'm still there. You know what I mean? Always doing new things. I always think what's next, what's next. And that's what I passionate about it. You know what I mean? It's always something to learn. It's always a new place is opening. It's always a great chef in coming, you know, up in the scenario. It's always some new product. So that's, that's great. Well, um, very much looking forward to seeing what you do next. Um, what, what do you love about what you do? Um, I love the idea to to do new things every day. You know, kitchen, I usually say, is a place without limits. You know what I mean? There's no rules that are not right and wrong. It's, it's all taught about what you, you're building all the time. You know what I mean? So that's what I like in kitchen. It's something that you always can try you always you know able to 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 learn so what i'm what i'm going to do next i want to do italian i'm i want to do french food i want to do asian food so it's always something interesting it's always good things coming up i think that's the opportunity to learn for sure a lot of things and uh you know have a busy routine to put yourself i love the kitchen environment you know what i mean getting the noises the pans the you know, it's something that the adrenaline of the staffs, I would say that 100%. Well, uh, Eleni, it's an absolute honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a part of your story and very much looking forward to um, hearing about what unfolds from here. Um, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much for having me here. It was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we keep in touch and I can't wait to share with you all the next step too. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au and be well. <laughs>